0: Welcome to the Dangerous Man Podcast, where we talk about how to become a better man, take responsibility for our mission, create value for others, and the many failures and lessons we've learned along the way. Stay dangerous. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dangerous Man Podcast. This is your host, John Storis, joined by co-host Adam Tuft. What's up, guys? You're listening to the Dangerous Man Podcast. We're super pumped to be here. I am in a great mood because oh, yeah. I'm just so pumped about this topic. And, uh, you know, basically, this is where in my notes it says, insert a concise story of how the topic became introduced. So I'm going to do just that. Yesterday.
1: That's quite the segue.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to segue by reading you my segue. Uh, you know, no, it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, yesterday, Adam, I, we don't always do that, by the way. It's just, you know, did I feel that? Yesterday, I was on the phone with a couple of people. And I started a health and wellness business probably a couple months here now. And for context um, on this topic, I sell all kinds of different, you know, supplements, health, like sports, nutrition, fitness, vitamins, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am like, I have an opportunity in this, in, in this health business that I'm starting to be able to bring other people to essentially like, Hey, have you ever thought about being a business owner? And like come and come and join my team and start a business and be able to have, like, essentially take the products that we use. And and similar to Vivint, where you are, you know, doing door-to-door sales, You like you're a sales rep, you have the ability to kind of be a contractor and to make some money and revenue, some commission, if you will, on on these products and to be able to build, like, reoccurring customers. And so it's, it's obviously, like, just like Vivint, super awesome opportunity. Right. Yeah. And so I, I love just like different people in my life that I'll either meet or just friends and family. Um, like I, I just, if it, an opportunity provides itself to like, Hey, like, would you ever consider like quitting your nine to five job? Not today, but like in the future and being like an entrepreneur. And I don't ask, I don't like go up to everybody because I mean, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Hey, you want to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> but like, it, like there's just certain people you'll meet and this is similar to like what you do, Adam. where you are like, wow, sounds like you don't really know what you want to do or you have certain goals in your life. And this would be a great catalyst to accomplishing your goals and doing some awesome stuff. You know, whether whether it's like they just naturally are creative and they, they, they're unhappy with their job and they want to be free of a boss and they want to be able to take liberty on kind of be their own boss and and set their own pace and you know be a business owner maybe they want to be a leader in and not just like for another company but for their own company and so that's kind of the, that's kind of the um the context here of what I do and I'm I'm on the phone getting back to the phone with some friends of mine that you know I I was like Wow I think they might really benefit from this opportunity like they might really want to be a business owner uh, be an entrepreneur um I don't know for sure but I'm gonna I'm gonna have a conversation it's just I'm just gonna ask them and see like what they want to do with their life and if they'd be interested in something like this and so I'm talking to them and I essentially start the conversation about it I'm like hey like, would you ever want to be an entrepreneur? And all the questions I just asked, I just put out. And here's where the topic comes in. I want to talk about limiting beliefs. And this is how I kind of encountered me wanting to talk about this. Going back into the story. They just like start, I they just start coming out with these little excuses. And as I as I ask them, you know, want to, want to be a business owner? They just start, as what we call in the sales world, throwing out these smoke screens. Well,
1: why don't you kind of just tell us what smoke screens are, Adam, before I go on? Yeah. So I'll relate it in the, the sales, um, how I understand it in the sales um, environment. And that is when you are presenting a product or presenting some kind of offer, uh, people will throw out what's called a smoke screen, which is exactly what it smells sounds like. It's not really anything, like. anything solid. It's just, it's just smoke. It's not really anything that actually matters. It's just uh, something that people throw up to throw out or throw up. I don't know. I mean, that's um, basically <laughs> how I see it. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, either to kind of shut you down a little bit because they're not, either not super interested or they are maybe a little insecure about like issues that they might be having. And don't want to actually like tell you the real reason why they don't want the thing or um, because like if it's a money issue, like a lot of people are sensitive about like how much money they have. So yeah. like if they think it's too expensive for them, they're not going to be like, ah, oh, it's out of my price range. They're going to be like, I'm probably going to need to think about that where really what they need. <laughs> that, in, and that's a smoke screen. Yeah, I need to think about that. Yeah. And it's like, well, the thing is, is like when you say you need to think about it, it's like there's really you just need more information on like, yeah. okay, like if it is too expensive, like this isn't in my budget, can you make it in my budget um, or can I like somehow rework my budget to afford this? Can I, is this worth going a little bit out of my budget to, to get? It's like, there's a lot of questions that you can get that are from that, but it's usually like there's a bunch of questions that arise all at the same time. And it might be hard for someone to like articulate that. So they just throw out this like smoke screen excuse because they're like, oh, let me throw out the smoke screen and, and like retreat kind of like a, like a squid does in the water, like shoot, shoots its ink. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is a lot of the time it's being able to almost just kind of when when you're in sales, kind of blow those away and just be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, there's a thing that's called like a acknowledge, uh, like ignore respond, air, mm. because that's what smoke screens are. It's like you acknowledge the smoke screen and then you just kind of ignore it basically. And then you just kind of respond to what probably the actual thing is and just keep moving. Um, That's usually how uh, people deal with smoke screens. But uh, generally, if you want to think about it in a simpler way, it's like, hey, it's a, it's just kind of an excuse to not have to go deeper into what your actual, like, problem with an offer or a product or a deal may be. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful
0: synthesis, Adam. Thank you, thanks for explaining that. You know, and that's essentially it, like, it is a, an excuse. There's a deeper root issue, um, excuse, cause, whatever it is and uh, the smoke screen is not the deep actual thing it's just it's just the first kind of buffer zone it's a kind of yeah it's smoke to kind of just it's not it's just a dumb excuse it it doesn't mean anything and so it's really important that, that we understand that what a smoke screen is because that's what I was getting and you will get a lot of this when you do any type of sales or you you pitch any type of offer or even something that's an opportunity to someone and so this is what I'm getting from my friends on the phone. And and here's what's interesting is hearing these smoke screens come out. Um it was things like, you know, and it, it was like I think this is an offer so good for these particular friends I was talking to, it would be stupid for them to say no. Like like Adam, like I know these people, they're friends of mine, and I was like, yeah, like you want to do full-time ministry, you could work in this, you could build a business and then have money coming in consistently and be able to take a step back just based on how this business model works that I that I do. And you could do full-time ministry and never have to work another hour of another job the rest of your life and be able to go and follow what you feel like God's calling you to do. And like, I'm expressing it like this because- yeah. I'm passionate about this, they're calling their life to do mission work and I'm passionate about them not having to like do all this fundraising and to be worried about finances the rest of their life. Like, like if anybody thinks that I just, I'm a little bit hot, like, you know, hot headed sometimes, it's just because I'm passionate. Like I'm not pushy, I'm passionate Mm -hmm. about being an entrepreneur and and really what it can be for you and what it can allow you to do, free up your time and energy to go and do bigger and better things. And this is important to understand because I'm really pitching out of this part of my heart to these people. And the types of smoke screens I was getting was like, it kind of gets into the topic of limiting beliefs where some of it's just like, oh, I don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. But they're telling me some of the reasons that they don't like sales. They're not just saying like, no, I don't want to do that. Thanks for that great opportunity. Like they're not that polite. (laughs) They're like, oh, like I have people that have talked to me about products and they just like scheduled a time to hang out and then they just were telling me about products. And I would never want to do that to other people. And and I respond, I kind of say it in that tone because that's what it felt like to me because they were just so... It sounds really whiny. sassy. Like they were getting emotional. They were getting insecure and whiny and and sassy. And, and I'm holding my composure. And I, of course, I know that's a bullshit reason. Yeah. So I'm like, I agree. Number one rule of sales. Always, always, always agree. I agree. If you, as a business owner, were only getting together with friends to sell them products, that would be incredibly like sleazy. And probably you wouldn't feel very authentic as a person yourself. I literally said this to them because I'm not going to say you're right. Salespeople are sleazy because they obviously have a limiting belief on what this mm-hmm. even is. And also, like, you don't have to sell that way. Being a yeah. business owner doesn't mean that you become this thing in your mind that is bad. There are so many ethical ways to do this. And I'm yeah. trying to express this to them because, like, it basically cuts straight through their smoke screen. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the reason you just gave a terrible reason. You can actually do this really well. This is a great opportunity for you. And then another smoke screen, layer number two. Well, well, uh, you know, uh, I have this great skill set and I work a job. And I feel like I could just go work a job and get the money. I wouldn't have to like, you know, put, like they literally were like articulating. I don't have to put myself low and do sales and ask people for money. I'm like, this is literally what you're going to be doing as a missionary, asking people for money. Yeah. It's no different. It, this difference is support my business, support me, support my dream, support my life. Like this product also will serve and help you. So this is kind of where I'm coming from in this story. This is what I'm really. Diving into. And I'll kind of wrap it up by saying this of like, these limiting beliefs, these smoke screens, it just didn't compute. I was like, this just doesn't make sense. Recomputing. And 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 the last thing like I'll say on that is my second friend I was talking to in a different call was essentially like when I was kind of just like describing, like, look, I can work really hard and basically build up a customer base in one year and I'll never have to work another hour of another job the rest of my life. And I could just hear over the phone them getting like emotional and like uncomfortable and insecure. And like, I could hear in the tone of their voice and the pause, like, and I knew I hit some kind of rock inside of them, like a shovel, you know, you're digging, you just like, They couldn't wrap their mind around the fact that I could work for one year, building up my sales, building up my customer base and make 60, 70 K a year. And that would only continue to go up the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. They could not even imagine their mindset was just too, it was way smaller than that. And they, I'm sure they ran into all kinds of limiting beliefs. And that's what I want to talk Mm -hmm. about in this episode.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, what, what causes them to have those limiting beliefs, right? Because when it comes to the limiting, the limiting beliefs, it's almost if like they're putting you in a box that they've labeled and they have like certain other labels that go with that box. And it's like, oh, well I've labeled it that way. And I understand it that way. So in order for them to almost like have not have that limiting belief, they actually have to like tear apart that box and like remake it. And that kind of takes some work and and like, experiencing stuff. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so that's just kind of like, okay, do they have to actually, like, change how they think about this certain box? Like, say, the box of salesmen, okay? There's a lot of people that think salesmen are kind of sleazy. And it's like, yes, there are some sleazy salesmen, but salesmen that are sleazy will not be salesmen for very long. Um. Because, yeah, maybe you can get a deal yeah. from being sleazy, but you can't get a career because <laughs> no one will give you referrals. And yes, yeah, exactly. It, oh, continue, continue. Yeah, this is great. But anyway, kind of like for me and John, we had limiting beliefs at a certain time. And it actually had to take like kind of a peeling back of that. Because first off, we had to kind of be put in a, a position where we were kind of unsatisfied with our lives anyway. And then uh, going on, going out and get, buying graphics cards during like for crypto mining in the height of crypto um, with Danny Jingdal, which we've had on the podcast,
0: yeah, Shout
1: to kind out. of to kind of start that to like kind of ignite that that mind shift for us, exactly. And I didn't and like I didn't even have it fully until I went out for for Vivint and and worked really hard there. And that's where I, I really, like, peeled it out and, like, really figured out more or less my my mindset, my um, having less limited beliefs, uh, more dynamic beliefs, more dangerous beliefs, if you will. Dangerous. Um. Yeah, but the thing on. is, is, like, okay, why do we have those limiting beliefs? And I think it's a lot of the time based on what I... Has, perceive as being just because I think when it comes to people trying to wrap their mind around like oh you work for a year and then you make like 50 grand for the rest of your your life without having to do like hardly any work it's like some people might think like like the only way they can wrap their mind around you doing that is if you're ripping people off like that's right where their mind goes yeah it's like you you are not a just person because yeah. these are the, the methods you're using it's because it seems like almost too or, good to be true that there has to be something like sleazy about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like what they may not understand is how hard you have to work for that like one year or two years to get that off the ground.
0: Yeah, because this this is, I mean, I'm not going to go super deep into this, but this is a leverage game. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur and actually having a business is, is all about leverage. Yeah. Like the reason I even have employees I hire is so that I don't have to do the tasks that I that, you know, are low leverage opportunities like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing basic customer kind of servicing calls. Like I want to spend my time planning in the next stages of my
1: company. It's it's worth your money to pay someone to do certain tasks. To get that time back. To get that time back that you would have to. So then your time can be spent on the higher leveraging things that can make you more money. Like doing sales calls or
0: prospecting or training sales teams Mm -hmm. or, you know, Meeting with business, you know, uh-huh. whatever it
1: is. Making uh, higher level deals with with people instead of like trying to just like sell a couple, of, like instead of try to make individual deals, try to find someone that you can partner with that will give you hundreds of thousands of deals.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I want to bring that up because that's the kind of the con- basic concept of leverage and you can leverage a few different things, um, but one of them is time, one of them is money, and one of them is uh, skills. Yeah. Um, so, you know, another time for all that. But, you know, kind of getting back into what is just, what is justice and, yeah. and people's like limiting beliefs there. It's, um, it's fascinating to me because people can't, like people can't even fathom um, the fact that I would take the kind of risk that I would for business. And like you're mm-hmm. saying, like working this hard, like, yeah, yeah I'm going to spend my free time outside of my nine to five job that I currently work right now. And I do. And I'm going to get together with people and I'm going to explicitly ask them about business and say, do you want to start a business? I'm going to get together with customers, potential customers and say, Hey, these are health products that I think could benefit your life. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about that. And let me give you, let me present it, uh, you know, a hook story and an mm-hmm. offer on what, and, and let me sell this person because yeah. I believe in the product so much because I believe in my goals in my business and I believe this will help them. Yeah. All of those things. And and this is what the people I was on the, these are what my friends on the phone didn't understand. They didn't understand those deeper motivations and they didn't personally align with them themselves. You know, because they had misunderstandings there. They couldn't couldn't connect the importance of, of making a sale even. They probably don't even yeah. really know what, what sales are.
1: Yeah. It is really interesting, like, cause I've gotten just into the sales game in the past year, like how much more I understand about what sales is. Cause I think at the beginning of sales, like you think like, oh, I need to be able to sell, like just convince anybody of anything. But it's, that's not really the case. It's just like, like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be able to sell, steak to uh, a Hindu vegetarian, you know, <laughs> right. like it's, that that's not, that's not practical. It's like, it's like more, more selling steak to, you know, a, a, a steakhouse. <laughs> um, right. It's like,
0: you just need to actually yeah. have a little bit of logic in yeah. the way that you sell and who you sell to.
1: Yeah. So, and, and like learning those different aspects and being like, Hey, actually I'm not just trying to, like, make money off of you and rip you off. I'm trying to, like, actually give you something that solves problems and pain points that you have in your life that you will be more than willing to give me the money that it costs to get. Yeah. Um, like, it's a win. Like, you don't understand it's a win-win. it
0: needs to be a win-win.
1: If it's not yeah. a win-win, the sale will not go through. Yeah. Some people believe in a zero-sum game, though, where if someone is winning, the other person has to be losing. Let's, let's go into that. I think it's, it's Tell a, me about it, that. it's a financial fallacy. Um, Ooh. because they just think like it, it really stems from a scarcity mindset of thinking there's only so much in the world. And we've gotten to this in previous podcasts where it's like, Hey, like even with internet, like the internet companies are the most valuable companies in the world. And, um, and then like in the nineties, most of them didn't exist or in the, so it's like over 30 years, like they've created trillions of dollars of stuff that wasn't really a value that wasn't there before. Um, and you, and some people can argue like, oh, but they're taking away from this thing. It's like, well, that thing can still exist. <laughs> so right. um, it's creating more value there. Um, but like... Again, from that scarcity mindset of like, oh, there's only so much. So, if I have a big stockpile of money, that means someone else has less money. It's like, no, um, oh, like, like this is like the whole ocean, the yeah. buckets of an ocean. Yeah, but also if you take like two men that have fields that they're, they're like farmers, but one knows how to grow the crop way better, so he like say he grows twice as much corn as the other guy. They both have the same size of field. It's just one is, like, doing the things necessary to, like, make that corn grow better. He is taking the same amount of stuff but like, bringing more value out of it, where the other guy might be thinking, you can only get so much corn out of, like, this size of land, you can only get this much corn out of. And then his neighbor who's getting more corn out of that is like, well, is that man stealing my corn? (laughs)
0: Like, that's how that mindset works,
1: right? because... Because he's going off the law that he thinks you can only get so much, like a certain amount of corn out of a certain amount of field, whereas wow. this guy who figures out maybe how to grow corn better um, and make it produce more by, you know, using certain fertilizers or or uh, irrigating the, the, the corn properly or something. I don't really know all the different farming stuff. Um, and produce more, then the other guy's gonna be like, "Well, what?" Right, so, and and
0: people get in this mode yeah. of thinking where, you know, I I I this is something that connects with a lot of people I talk to on the, on this topic, and I'll I'll basically say like, "Hey, like Bill Gates has the same twenty four hours a day that you do." Yeah, and initially they're like, uh, "Another Instagram or another tweet," you know, like. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. no, seriously, like they've just. Spent their mental energy on how can they've asked themselves this question in life how can I use high leverage activities to accomplish more in my life? Yeah, it's literally make more money. Yeah, and the other people just do what everybody else in the world does, what society tells them to do, and Mm -hmm. they just oh, I have to do what the average person will
1: do. To like fit in or like be part of the society or be.
0: The fact that you could have a high IQ or spend your time thinking on and being strategic and just like being a better thinker and having better solutions and then putting the fuck out and putting the work in like that other farmer did. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're going to have a successful farm and people will look around and be like, there's no way you did that right. Yeah. But the fact is you just spent your effort and your energy to be better Mm -hmm. and to work harder and to to think smarter. Yeah, and it's just math too. And it's the same 24 hours. You just are spending your 24 hours better.
1: Yeah. And it's the thing of like, hey, like I have this one, like you could have like 3x plus one equals whatever, an, an outcome. And it's like, well, everyone might have that same equation, but they can change what X equals. So instead of like that X just Mm -hmm. being like one, like I'm working an hourly job. Some people are like, oh, actually, let me make that three or something. And then they're going to increase, like, it's It's just... Yeah, people who are, become rich figure out how to multiply instead of, they're just doing multiplication instead of addition. Whereas people who (laughs) are people who are uh, you know, more middle class or something, or just trying to think like, oh, how do I save more money? When you're thinking about saving more money, you're doing addition. When you think about like, how can I multiply my money? How can I take the money that I have, put it into something, put that, it to work, put it to work, and then have it multiply instead of just adding, then I'll go go up fast. Now, obviously, I, I'm gonna have to risk multiplying because the thing is it's like, Okay, so if if you are multiple, if you take a certain number and you multiply it by ser- something, I just hit my stand super hard. Um, yeah, you're good. If you take a number and another number, and it's like, and you decide whether you're adding or, or multiplying, but you don't know what one one of the numbers are, you got to take on risk because if you're timesing it by one, you're just gonna like. So if you times two by one, you're just gonna end up with two again. But if you Add two t- plus two, you're going to end up with four. So it's like, oh well, that ends up with, with double. But the thing is, is like you're taking on the risk of not knowing that other number. But if right. you, if that number happens to be like three or four, then you're going to end up with way more.
0: Right. So the concept here yeah. is is the ability to multiply and yeah, and, and I love that. And mm-hmm. you know, and it it what's, it it what's involves like,
1: taking in risk, but.
0: Yeah, and that's something that we, we were chatting about before the episode. Adam, you kind of gave the example of of going down to Houston to knock. Yeah, and kind of people's like, what they'll, they'll ask you about the blitz. Yeah,
1: and the questions they'll ask you. They'll you wanna, like be like, okay, so how was how was your blitz week in Houston selling? And then I was like, oh yeah, it was good. I, I went down there and worked. It's like, oh, so they they like covered your uh, your food, right? And they're like, no. It's like, oh. Did, did they cover your gas driving down there? No, it's like did, did they cover your fl- flight? Did you fly? No uh, did they cover your your housing? Well, yeah, they actually did cover my housing, which is is pretty nice, but some people just like right, can't yeah. can't fathom like, wait, there, it's a company and you're you're driving all the way down from Minnesota to Texas. It's like twenty hours of driving. So you're like your total driving time is forty hours, which is a work week. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly it. It might be a little bit less than that, but um, it's, very, it's a very long drive yeah. um, and they're not even paying for your gas or your food. Like, they, like, they're not taking care of you. Like, that's not just, that's unjust. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, that might seem unjust to you, but like, you're just having a, that like limited, like mindset belief because what they're really teaching me to do it's kind of like they're they're teaching me to fish rather than giving me a fish. Come on. Because they're giving me an opportunity to know what it's like to be a business owner um, without actually having to like go into a ton of debt to like develop a product or to de- develop a thing. It's just, hey, you do the things that like a, a, a business owner like kind of does, but you don't have to take on as much risk. But at the same time, like if you own a business, you have to take on all of the expenses, and you only make money if you actually sell a product or service properly. That's the only way you make money, and the 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 selling of the product or service that you do has to be greater than the amount of money that you're spending. That's how you make a successful business. It's just business one hundred one
0: basic math, actually. Very basic math. Overcomplicate this.
1: Yeah, we don't need to overcomplicate this, but at the same time, them not covering some of those things makes it so it's like, oh, well, I have to risk this to go do this. And, like, money is not guaranteed because it's fully commissioned. Mm. But that's what people jumbles them, right? Yeah, it's like, so you went down to Texas, drove, like, a total of 40 hours, didn't have your gas paid for, didn't have your food paid for. You you didn't perform super well, so you made. They're not even paying you hourly. Yeah, they're not even paying you hourly, so you went down for a week. And works your butt off and made no money. And It's like, yeah. And people cannot fathom why I would do that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah. Right. But people go to college and spend a, go a hundred grand in debt, and <laughs> and then don't use that degree. So like, <laughs> it's like part of me is like, I'm actually probably doing something smarter than a person in college is doing. Like, oh yeah. This dude. could I could literally just make the, the excuse like that's almost how I could feel like. I could wrap it around someone's heads. He's like, oh yeah, it's just my college. Like I go down yeah. to Houston to study for a week.
0: Right. And then people so, be like,
1: oh. Because it's, it's like all about how you like pre-frame yeah, this conversation for them. It's I'm going to Houston to learn the skill of sales and business management and 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 business. And you just tell people it's an internship and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like if I just told them it's like, yeah, it's an internship, and they'd be like, uh oh. Okay. <laughs> um, But like, I, I guess it's, I frame it as like, it's my work. I'm working. And I want it to frame it that way because it's like, it is my work. Yeah. um, I could almost frame, I it'd be cool if I could like frame it. It's not quite framed in my mind, but I could frame it as like, I need to go down to Houston to run my business. Oh, dude, come on. And then and people would be like, you have a business in Houston? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Because cause right now, I am my business. So wherever I am, there too is my business. <laughs> Dude, I feel like that's like
0: gospel right there, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I phrased I am, it, I phrased it in a way where it sounds business. like, that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sounds like, yeah. It, it, uh, yeah, I just want to say here, like, so the story I'm telling, right? And the phone calls I'm on and the smoke screens I'm getting, right? I'm taking you guys on a journey and we're visualizing where people are at. And I think what's super cool about Adam what we just talked about here is this is some of our journey of kind of breaking out of these limiting beliefs and we've covered some of this stuff about mindset and other episodes go back and take a listen if you're interested and we're gonna encounter people that aren't interested in a product they aren't interested in a business opportunity and um th- th- at the end of the day people just won't be open it's going to happen mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying you can't you can't reach everybody exactly and, and and that's part of part of the mindset that adam and i have learned is we we add it to the chip on our shoulder and we we move on mm-hmm. there's another person in this world there's billions of people in this world mm-hmm. look it up on google if you want the number and
1: there's more people in this world than we'll ever talk to
0: yes and so move on
1: and find another person who's, who's,
0: there are people I promise you who are hungry for an opportunity like I pitched my friend. And they're just waiting for me to come and find them. And it will literally change the course of their life forever, forever. And I, I want to pause on that because it is worth people enduring people getting emotional around you. It is worth their limiting beliefs, start not just oozing, but like aggressively attacking you and attacking the foundations of what you hold to be true and good. And 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 you have to be willing to calmly sift through it with them because if they could see a little bit more like you do, their life could be changed. Yeah. They could have an opportunity to help people and make money and add value to people's lives in ways they can't even imagine right now. And that's the point. They can't even imagine it. I have to help them to even be able to crack into that.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, because they might not get it right now, but they can have a mind shift, a mindset change where in the future they might understand it more. So it's like, you. by having these conversations, maybe they don't get it right now, but they might in the future. And especially if these people are like closer to you, like friends or family, like obviously if that's a really important relationship, like having a conversation about business isn't going to like break the thing. Um, And maybe in the future in a year, maybe two years, who knows, they can have that mindset change. Just like me and John, John and I, to use proper grammar I believe. Yeah. Um, we had to have that mindset change and we've talked about what that mindset change looked like. Um. We had to go through that process of a mindset change. So then we have to be able to trust that okay there's other people that like they won't necessarily get it immediately but later on they might think about it more and have a more of a mindset change and uh, stop limiting their beliefs absolutely. And um,
0: I love that man. And just to kind of to kind of wrap it up here, um, I, I want to say that people are are all gonna have their their beliefs at the end of the day. Yes, they're gonna have the perspectives of life. They're gonna view world through a lens specific to them. And we have to be respectful of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We also can't, we also like acknowledging that also helps us be a little bit detached. Because I used to, you know, I used to really believe, Adam, that when I told somebody about what I was passionate about, I I explained to them my worldviews and how much that I cared about them. And people would disagree. I was so bent about the opinions of others. Shaped everything I was. I lived my whole life based on how others viewed me and their opinions of me. But now I don't give a fuck, and I have to not give a fuck. Why do I say it like that? Because it's a term that uh, one of the uh, one of the dudes that Adam works with, uh, he opened it up to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like I don't give a fuck, <laughs> and you have to say that to yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. That's a whole tangent. But I have to not. I have to be detached with what I'm saying. Because at the end of the day, they might not agree. And that can't sway me from what I do believe. I have to expect it, honestly, because it's bound to happen. But I have to be willing to leave that person with the the choice that they've made. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that as a salesman, as an ethical salesperson and business owner, that if I didn't articulate it in the way that, could make the most sense to and connect with them and their dreams and goals and visions and, and serve them and add value to them. If they, if I, if I didn't walk away them understanding that, then I, then I failed. But if I did articulate that and they just didn't have the ability to fathom and to receive what I had to say, then in the terms of, of this is exactly how we approach it with, with sharing our faith and our Christian faith. And it says in the Bible, we, we dust our sandals off of the door and leave that spirit with them and we leave and we, we move on. And it doesn't, it doesn't carry with us. It doesn't weigh us down. Um, and I think I'm saddened personally, I, I want to end on this note that my friends responded this way because obviously I care a lot about them. And I, and I made sure that I told them that I said, look, You may have had people that have sat down with you before and and presented the same exact company, the same exact business opportunity. I'm sorry if it didn't go well. I'm sorry if they were sleazy about it. But knowing you as I do, as my friend, I would be a bad friend. I'd be a bad brother. I'd be a bad son. If I didn't tell you about this opportunity that could change your life. And I just want you to know, as I literally told them this, I just want you to know that is all I care about. And that's why I'm even sharing this to you. Even if it's kind of hard to hear. And I, and I left it on that note. And they actually kind of responded positively to that. Yeah. But all, that's, all I can do is, is to drop that seed. And if they are going to hold to their limiting beliefs and their worldviews and perspectives, I
1: have to say, okay,
0: I have to respect that and I have to move on.
1: Yeah, and I think the key there to be able to do that is hope. Because if you have hope, like, you know that their mindset will be changed eventually to what it, it, it best can be. And maybe your mindset's not in the right spot. Maybe you still have limiting beliefs. Oh, yeah. But you can have that hope that you can grow and you can have hope that they grow. Because, like, as much as we want to have, like, a a not-giving-a-fuck attitude. Those, like, limiting beliefs that we have, we have, we all have them. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if we're going to be having these conversations, it means we, we, we care. We kind of, we give at least a little fuck. Mm. Which is really weird to say. But.
0: I know exactly what you mean.
1: But, like. We care a little bit, but at the same time we have to be detached. Uh, And I think what helps us care a little bit, but also be detached is, is the key of hope.
0: Absolutely. Well, on that note, guys, we really encourage you to just take the steps. Um, you know, I hope this inspires you. I hope our stories of, of, you know, my actual story from yesterday and, and some of our stories from our past, Ab and I, I hope this inspires you to embrace the journey of what, what limiting beliefs don't serve you. What viewpoints do you have that maybe actually are unlogical and not true? It does take reflection. You will bump into people. You will butt elbows. And maybe if you're open, maybe they're right. And I think that can serve you really well. And the question that I would use to navigate this that I've been using is, does this belief, perspective, thought, does it serve me? Yes or no? And if it doesn't, we need to be willing and humble enough to shed them. We might not have an answer of what better serves us, but um, that will serve you really well if you're willing to lean into the journey there. And so thanks for joining us, guys. And just want to say we drop episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So subscribe so you never miss out. And if you find this helpful, we just ask you to share it with one friend who needs to hear this today. We just really want to help men become more dangerous like Adam and I are trying to do. And on that note, you've been listening to The Dangerous Man Podcast. Join us next time. Until then, stay dangerous.